This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on a smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Hi, everybody. And uh, Air Filter Anthony. Hello. It's <clears> nice <throat> to meet you. And again, <laughs> as, uh, as we like to every single week. Um, we're on the interwebs. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, everybody except hair filter. I look like a toothpaste blob on the on the, on the toothbrush. Yeah, you have a microphone stand in front of your nose. I don't know how to. Here. How, how about how, that? How about you move? Now I look like a toothbrush. I'm more an aquamarine. You do. I, I, look, I feel like. I look Are you doing a profile shot yes. right now? Yeah, that's, that was <laughs> what for you. What do you think? You're a toothpaste model. Yeah, I am. Look at these trunkers. You got a future. I can't. I'm too fat for the camera, Nick. Let's just be real. Uh, but you're not too fat to drive cars. No, no, that I'm not, Nick, because I did a lot of drivings. You did. You're a, you're a big driver. You're a, you're, you're not a mini driver. Oh, uh, do you get it? Do <laughs> you get it? See what I did there? Uh, yeah, you've been uh, you've been driving some cars this week, Nick. I've been busy. Uh, what did you drive this week, Andy? I had. Well, I was big enough that I got two cars because I got the 2022 Honda Passport Trail Sport. <laughs> 22. Which, Most adults say 22. Well, do you, what do you say, Anthony? I usually go with 22. Yeah. Like, but I'm still learning all the numbers. I'm only up to like five right now. How do you get 22 then? Well, I mean, I can do the numbers within one through five, but anything higher than that. Well, you got 22. Yeah. He, did, he put five plus five plus I used five. The you would say two, two then. Well, I know, but what comes after five is what Yeah, your whole plan just fell understand. apart right then. Seven. So, Nick, that, that one's a... That Technically. One's a, it's a mouthful. It's the Honda Passport Trail Sport. Yeah, it is kind of... That's um, a lot in the there are some, uh There are some cars that are unnecessarily long in the nom- nomenclature. It says sport twice, but it's not sporty. Is that like if a big guy wears skinny uh, jeans? I have to tell you... I like the car, but it do feel very much like it hit the back of a bus. <laughs> it's very good. It's got a snub nose. Yeah, it does. It's like a pug. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you accelerate, it snorts. <laughs> very much like you. Yeah, a lot of the time. <laughs> when you accelerate, you snort a little bit. <laughs> if I accelerate, <laughs> I am gassed already. Yeah. <laughs> Your air intake's a little bit muffled. <laughs> um, then what else? And then the 2022 uh, Toyota... Well, I've ruined you now, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, now I have to be an adult, apparently. Uh, the Toyota Highlander Hybrid Bronze Edition. There's a lot of words in these cars this week. Yeah. So it's, it's like chewing something, like gristle. It's a lot. We need to get somebody... I'm going to ask James. Can we make a note of this for James Bell today? Yeah, let me... Hold on. Oh, you Are you writing things down? Okay. James Bell, who names cars and how ridiculous is it? Um, I'm going to Google this, by the way. Ridiculously named cars. Not just like names which are like Cities. silly. 
Well, some name, cars are names are really cool. Maverick, the Ford Maverick, I think is an awesome name. You want that to ask James truck. Bell about the Telluride. Well, that's a place. It's a ski town in mm. Colorado. That's right. cool. It's an adventure vehicle that you would take skiing. I guess Aspen must that have fell already apart. been taken. That fell apart. Yes, Aspen. Oh, my God. That was a goodness. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Isn't there a Santa As- Fe Aspen? Or Wait, stop. Slow down there, Chauncey. Uh, Aspen was a, a Chrysler vehicle that was a, just a complete failure. Mm. They had a they had a Chrysler Aspen. Does anyone remember this? You should call us right now. They had a Chrysler Aspen hybrid. I think they made like a thousand of them, and they were like, <laughs> "Burn it!" After they saw it off the line, it was nah, so. It was a Dodge Durango, like in the early days, and then they made a Chrysler version, and they called it the Aspen. It was like identical to the Durango, and then they decided this was like when hybrids first came out, uh, like nineteen. 19- 99-2000-earlys.coms mm. and then they decided oh we'll make a hybrid version you're looking it up right now aren't you Anthony it was hideous and then they made a hybrid version I have a hat that says Chrysler Aspen Hybrid and it's like a treasured item oh man and when it first came out and they uh, and they made a hybrid version of it and they made like a thousand of them and <laughs> it was like the biggest failure they ever made and then it was like set fire to it. It's funny, oh, when I put it into Google, one of the first things it says is, why is the Dodge Aspen one of the biggest lemons ever sold? <laughs> <laughs> because. I think it did a mile a gallon better than the gas or maybe worse. I don't know. Oh, man. And, and it cost like $5,000 more just for the hybrid technology. That's horrible. I would mm. still probably drive it, but. No, you wouldn't. Nobody cared. Nobody cared enough. You'd pay $5,000 and you'd have to drive it. I don't think even now if you'd bought it, you would have saved enough money to get the price back <laughs> in gas. You'd have to drive it something like 500,000 miles to actually get your money back. Oh, 500,000 miles. Yeah, I wouldn't like, It would have caught fire and been buried in a junkyard at the back under 400 other cars before you definitely got your money back. Dang. Yeah, that was a nightmare. So... But uh, Telluride is a good name. There are wait, so we'd ask James Bell, wh- who names cars and why it's so ridiculous. Yeah, how many people greenlight a name? Kia has some bad history of naming cars. Perfect person to talk to. The K9. Ooh, that was a bad Kia. You don't like the K9? They had to call it the K900 in the U.S. because people were making jo- it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dog the K9 was. A rough. Yeah, that was a rough car. <laughs> <laughs> The Kia K9. <laughs> I don't, was that, did it? Was they discontinued it. it. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, it was like a big luxury boat. And it was, it did great in, in Korea. It was basically what the Genesis uh, became, the Genesis 90 oh, has like become uh, for Genesis. But it was the K900 in the US. And then it was the K9 in Korea. All right. It was the K900 here. And the canine in Korea. It looks huh. nice. Uh, yeah, but nobody want nobody's buying like sedans that size over here unless they're German. And I think Mercedes only sell like about thirty thousand of them worldwide. So mm. people don't buy huge, big limo style sedans anymore. Hey, we got things to talk about. <laughs> we got lost in we got lost in translation. Uh, what else is on the show? Ooh, the Z is here. The Nissan Z. Huge, amazing, iconic car. There is a new version that we drove. Um, but the segment is so small. 
And I think they've come out with this amazing car of which the enthusiasts are going to go crazy. It's going to establish the brand. But my question was, are people going to buy it? Um, I think you know, the answer is yes, the enthusiasts are going to buy it. Yes, people are going to be crazy about it. But it doesn't really establish a huge moneymaker for Nissan, but it does establish the identity of the brand. But it is amazing. It's amazing. And it's about $15,000 less than the Toyota Supra. And it might Ooh. almost be better. That's a lot of <laughs> I money. don't know. That's, it's a tough one. It's a toughie. They did a really good job. We're going to talk to uh, them about that. James Bell is going to be here to talk about the Kia Sportage, which is just going to be a home run for them. You know, James is, he's, he can walk on water, that guy. He can do very little wrong. Does he have special slippers to walk on water, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's after they rebranded the Kia logo, and then they started winning. Oh, I can't even talk about that logo. Have you looked at the Kia logo recently? I feel like, no. You've heard my story, right? Yeah. You look at that logo. It's the Nine Inch Nails. It's the Nine Inch yeah. Nails logo. It's really... I, it is. They haven't been sued yet by Nine Inch Nails. but well, it's, Trent Reznor's too old. <laughs> is he? He doesn't know how to get on a computer. You know when I look at Trent Reznor's neck? <laughs> I can think of only Thanksgiving. <laughs> what the heck? is that? Thanksgiving. This is soft meat. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> um, Mike is going to be here. He's back in the USS. Oh, man, we missed him. Uh, yeah, he went to Israel. He had an incredible time. He said, the first thing he said to me when he got back, he called me like as he was getting on the plane in Turkey to fly home. You know what the first thing he said to me was? What? 8% of people in Israel are vegan. Oh my God! First thing out of his mouth, Mike. Because well, I'm vegan. I, he, it's like, uh, is this inappropriate? But it's like you know, when you talk to somebody of color, you say, "I got friends that color." No, <laughs> I got white. If you're if you're a person of color, you say, oh, "I've got white friends." When you're talking to a white guy, <laughs> it's like eight percent of people in Israel are vegan. So okay, I. I should go. <laughs> That's incredible. It's the, it's he's so funny, um, and also he's been driving the EQS, which we get in a couple of weeks. Oh, this Mercedes! I have to. Oh, I, I got to stretch just to be able to ride in this thing. Got <laughs> to crack some bones. No, this thing is going to be worth it, man. Um, yeah, Mike's coming up. By the way, I want to say that uh, a weak battery could leave you stranded. So don't take a chance. O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, will test your battery for free of charge. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find uh, the exact battery that fits your car and your budget. Make sure your vehicle is prepared for weather ahead by getting the battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. And uh, your battery could be tested, too. I need to get a new battery in my car. You need a lot of things in your car. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to have to go to O'ReillyAuto.com and see if they can curbside me some order stuff. Um, people came knocking at the door the other day, family services. Oh, they did? Yeah. You're in trouble for neglect. Yeah. The white lightning is, has been subdued. <laughs> is that what you call your car, the white lightning? <laughs> yeah. It's... The moldy, neglected lightning right now. It's the white flickering, possibly could need a little more lightning bolts. All right, our auto expert will continue.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, he has been traveling the world and enjoying himself. He joins us on the phone now from his home in Nashville, Tennessee. Mike Cadell, he's the other half of our auto expert. Um, you have family visitors this uh, this weekend. I do. My mom's from Spinnymore. Spinnymore, England. That's where her, her dad was born. Oh, really? Is that how, and is, is that how we're starting today? No, I want to start this way, guys. Aztec, potentially one of the worst names. Rendezvous. Oh. Hey, guys, let's meet up later today for a rendezvous. Are you ready for this? Pontiac, Andy, you ready? Pontiac 6000 LE. Like, what does the 6000 mean? Like, is it the 6001 built? And then, hey, we're going to make it cool. We're going to add an LE to the end of it, which stands for, like, liquid emission. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys ready for this? No, no, hold on. You See, the problem is now that you guys are streaming – and I can watch you now. I can I can see what you're saying before I go on air, right? So it's, it's even better. I got I got two more for you, and then and then I'm going to get to the the big one. All right, here we go. Buick Lacrosse. Hey, let's go another shrimp on the bobby. Somebody jump on a horse. Let's go play some lacrosse. Yeah. Wait, Wait, what? Lacrosse? No, you mean polo? Wait, lacrosse? Polo. The lacrosse is like that weird Wait, game. Lacrosse, that, you run. Yeah, hey, that's the one you run with a stick, right? Yeah, a stick with a weird net on it that only frat boys play. And then. And then I got I've this just been one really for you. rude, like, haven't I? <laughs> how do you name a brand Saturn? Like, hey guys, let's jump on a rocket ship and let's go to Saturn. <laughs> because like, it's from uh, outer space. It's the outer space car company. It's the outer space car. It's a no haggle car company. And I'll close it with it. Hey, I told you that Israel was eight percent vegan because every time we go on an automotive event, you're like, I can't eat that. I can't eat it. I can't. You know, when are automakers going to figure out how to make things vegan so that I can eat? Well, that's why I told you. So if you ever go on a media trip to Israel, you're going to know that. And by the way, the food there, whether you're vegan or not, it's so good. I didn't have one, 10 days, not one bad meal. Not one. No, oh, I mean, you talking. did tell me that. But it's just so funny that that was the first thing out of your mouth. Like, do you know 8% of, so people, 8% of people in Israel are vegan? I'm like, how was your trip? <laughs> it was vegan. So, like, you have to, so here's the thing, and it, like my mom appreciates this. I'll eat anything. There's nothing you can put in front of me that I won't eat. Like, I Challenge accepted. Then, Challenge yeah, accepted. Easy. <laughs> easy. There, there, I can tell you the things I won't eat, and it's like three. It's like I'm not going to eat escargot. I'm not going to eat fagois. Frog and there was another yeah. one. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but man, yeah, sea urchin. I don't eat sea urchin. Yeah. Why would you eat a sea urchin? Like, I, it's, it doesn't make I'm sense. I'm with you on all of those things. I'm absolutely yeah. with you on all of those things. No, no, I'm totally with you on all of those things. It's just funny that that was the first thing out of your mouth. I know. 8% of people. I think people. you guys are going to block me from watching the show now because yeah. now I come on and I'm like, oh, I am. I just normally come on, you call, like, Anthony calls me, and I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing? Anthony called me today, and right when I picked up, I'm like, oh, you don't even know. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Let's do it. Um, hey, I want to share a little bit with you guys about Israel. So um, first off, a little historical stuff. So Israel, outside of the Silicon Valley, is the number one startup region in the world for technology. 
So it's pretty cool. I was over there for Echo Motion 2022, so it's all about smart mobility. And what was really unique about being over there is that I, I even though I know that Israel is a big technology, pro-technology country, I had no idea that so ways everyone has ways in their car comes from comes from uh, comes from Israel. Wow. Uh, Mobileye, everyone knows the company Mobileye. It's a big Israel company. Um, so much cool technology coming out of Israel. So I was there for Echo Motion. Had a chance to look at all the cool smart concepts and technologies. Cyber. We always think about cyber attacks. You know, we've had a few of those over the past year, and there are all the technology to fight that is coming out of Israel. Hmm. The whole car thing in Israel. Do they drive American cars, European cars, a mixture of both? Do they have their own brands? I'm kind of interested because I kind of figure it's sort of small, weird cars that uh, brands we know, but we have never seen the models before. You're going to have James Bell on. I took a picture of it. It's called a Kia i20. Yeah. Like I thought the i series were all infinity, like, you know, you had an i30. But no, the Citroen, uh, I saw an MG and I was like, wait, hold on, MG? Like, that's, that's like back from like the 60s and 70s. Nope, MG, Citroen. Um, They're Chinese a lot now, of, I think, yeah. Yeah, plenty of Renault. You saw Renault everywhere. So, so European um, then? Very European. I saw one Ram 2500, which was super cool. And at the hotel I was at, they had a Suburban uh, LTV. Oh. So those are the two biggest vehicles I saw. Um, I got to tell you guys, like I was, so I'll talk to Israel. It was incredibly pro us, meaning everyone spoke English. Um, they're very focused on modern forms of tech. Um, I know saying pro capitalism can be misconstrued, but you know, it's a very free, open market. They're surrounded by Syria, Jordan. Um, you know, Beirut is three and a half hours north. Israel is the size of is uh, the size of New Jersey. Egypt is to the south. Uh, the West Bank, Gaza Strip. Um, it's a country. So Jerusalem. I spent time in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem. That, that if you break the name Jerusalem down, stands for peace, and it's the the, the one place on the planet that's never had peace. Huh. Just mind-boggling the history, but very cool experience, guys. Um, I honestly, it's one of the com company companies countries I have never visited, but now uh, listening to your stories, it's definitely moved up the list. There was a whole bunch of places I wanted to visit that now I will never visit um, that are off the list just because of wars and terrorism and those type of things. But Israel is right up the top of my list right now. Um, Eighteen years old. That's when you have to go into the military, men and women. Everyone goes into the military, yeah. 18 years. And that's if you're an Israeli citizen, right? Correct. Everyone in the country has to go into the military, military with the exception of if you are an Orthodox Jew. If you're an Orthodox Jew, then you are not required to go into the military. Right. I mean, I could listen to the whole Israel, um, the story of Israel and uh, all this sort of stuff again and again and again. All right. We're going to talk about the EQS when we come back. Uh, Mike Cadell just getting back from his trip to Israel and uh, he has been driving. You've already driven the EQS? Yes, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. 
Um, we're going to hear all about the EQS and uh, what he thinks. Plus, we're going to have some thoughts about whether or not their mileage prediction is correct. That's coming up as our auto expert continues. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Our Auto Expert Radio Show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Start a conversation with us, just ask us a car question. Direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy and Air Filter Anthony. On the phone is uh, Our Auto Expert's other half, Mike Cadell. So, Mike, you've been driving Mercedes' first luxury all-electric sedan, the EQS, the EQS comes in a number of different flavors, including the uh, EQS 580 formatic sedan, as well as uh, the 450 and the AMG version. So which flavor did you drive? I had the 450 plus. And, you know, let me, I'm like a broken record, right? I'm like, man, the cars in the world of electric vehicles are amazing. And I haven't driven one yet where I'm like, you know what? This is just dumb. It's ridiculous. Like they're all so good. Right. And, and so it's different. It's different layers of good as well. And I think that's, you know, I think that's what makes it fun is that the vehicles are completely different in how they perform. So if it's a Mercedes, it's going to be the best possible vehicle you can buy on the market. It starts just North of a hundred thousand dollars. The 450 plus, you know, has a zero to 60 of 5.9 seconds, which frankly, do you really care about your zero to 60? You don't. You have 329 horsepower. Um, but when you go with that 580, it's like it drops to 4.1 seconds. It's got 516 horsepower. But just, I, you know, I, I read a really good article from Dan Neal with the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago. He's like, you know what? We're going to talk about vehicle range, uh, which is 350 for the EQS. We're going to talk about range like we do horsepower. Like, it's great to talk about the number, but is it really relevant? And, and in the case of the EQS, it's not relevant. It's just a super awesome Mercedes. I will share with you the only downfall I had of the vehicle that was given or provided to me to test drive for the week is that you know the Mercedes logo? Yeah. It was on the front grille. It was on the rear deck lid. It was on the, every one of the wheels. Like, I don't, I don't want to showcase the fact that, hey, look at my Mercedes logo all over my car. Um, that was the only drawback for me. And the beauty is, is that you can choose between 20 and 22-inch wheels. I looked at them on their website. Like, they have the coolest AMG wheels you could put on there. You can go black wheels, white exterior design, different front grille. It's fully customized. Um, but inside my son, when he jumped inside Tyler, he was like, dad, it's like a, it's like a spaceship on the inside. (laughs) Right. And that was cool. I think there's a couple of things here to talk about. First of all, you know, it starts, let's talk about the 580. It starts at $125,900. And you're talking about for the the 580. Yeah. For the 580 premium trim. And then you go to the Pinnacle trim, then there's the executive, then the Pinnacle. The Pinnacle trim is $131,050. That is less than $6,000 to go all the way to the top trim. $6,000. Less than $6,000. Now, I can get it if that's something like a Hyundai. That's, uh, you know, quite a lot of money. But you're talking about 
the top of the line Mercedes from the very entry level top of the line to the very loaded top of the line is $6,000. That's nothing if you're spending $125,000. It is if you're going for the 550 version, but if you just want to get into an EQS 450 plus sedan, it's 102, 310. So, so you're talking about just north of $100,000. Now, now, let, I mean, for everyone listening at home, they're hearing you and I go back and forth like Venus and Serena Williams playing tennis, right? We're like, hey, it's 102000 125000 $6,000. Like, that is a ton of money. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the difference. I'm talking about the difference between the trim levels from one to the other, right? From Yeah, yeah, I get it. But, but, but inside the 450, like... Yeah, sure. Is there a difference between the 580 and, and the 450? Yeah, it's good, it, but the interiors are going to be relatively the same. It's what's, un, what's happening under the, the, the electric powertrain, right? You're going from 329 to 516, 417 to 631 pounds-feet of torque. You're going from 5.9 second to 4.1 second. The interior on the 450, I'm going to tell you right now, like, it is amazing. Like, it, if I had to choose between a fully souped-up Tesla and the EQS, I would take the EQS. And for the first time, I feel like with a Mercedes, you can be like, hey, don't look at me. Like, I don't want to be the, hey, I'm a Tesla person. I just want to be a friggin' awesome Mercedes owner. And that, we loved it. We drove it from the time we got it to the time it left. You know, my son, you know, my son and daughter, every day when I get up, I'm like, hey, what car do you guys want to go to school in? You want to go to school in dad's Raptor or mom's Bronco? No, we want to go to school in the EQS. Right. Um, and that, that's a testament to the coolness of the car. Right, right. I guess, I guess what I was trying to say is the, the difference between the trim levels was so minimal. From 580 to the highest end. Yeah, it was grand. only six grand. Yeah. And that, that to me was what was crazy. I mean, it was yeah. just so crazy. There was very, very few. Um, and it's, there is very, it's just so limited. The other thing is the government lists this vehicle at 350 miles on a single charge. And that's because the EPA does calculations on the weight and the battery size and a bunch of other things. But the one thing the government doesn't take into account is the brake regeneration system. And Miriam Joar and Kelly Blue Book and a bunch of organizations have done their own tests. And one of the things they've found is that that is wrong. And I've done my tests too and found out you can get over 100 miles more in range because Mercedes' brake regeneration system is so good that it doesn't calculate it in the EPA numbers, and you put so much power back into the battery, even if you drive it aggressively, that it recharges the battery so much that I was getting about 420 miles on a single charge, after driving this vehicle for a day in California. So yeah, I'm the technology. so glad you brought that up, Nick. Right. It, you, you brought up the regen. So it's aggressive. Like when you put the car into drive from park, it doesn't move forward. And then like you hit the, the, the accelerator, because I was going to say gas, Andy, and it's not gas. <laughs> but you hit the accelerator, and it's like it, it doesn't want to go. And you're like, wait, hold on. Is the parking brake on? And then finally it goes. Anytime you take off your your foot off the accelerator pedal, you can feel the regen. And that is, that's a, an incredible way to recapture energy. Yeah. They, 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 and this car they've done such a great job with. And even though sedans may not be the flavor for a lot of Americans, the truth is 
that you're going to find this vehicle is just the sort of introduction to what you're going to find people are going to be interested in. You're going to find a lot of people going to start to see these vehicles in small SUVs, the EQB, which is coming, which is the small SUV. Right. And, and this is sort of, you know, the trickle-down economics of the S-Class, which is Mercedes-Benz full-size luxury sedan. All of the technologies were always introduced with the S-Class end up trickling down into the rest of the brand. And that's right. what you're going to start to see coming out of this vehicle. Um, and your kids yeah. were right. It's a spaceship, and you're going to see these spaceship elements arriving in all of these other vehicles over the next few years. Yeah, no doubt. Mercedes has done a great job with the EQS. Um, we were pleasantly surprised at the exterior design, the interior luxury, the overall performance. And, you know, if I had to take $100,000 and put it into a vehicle, it, it would potentially be that. Are your kids allowed to eat their French fries in the in the car? hundred percent. No doubt. Dude. Yeah, that's the best way to, to flex a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. Like I'm gonna have a ham sandwich in it just because I can. Heck yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, because I won't be able to afford it anything else. Um <laughs> do you, this is one of the things that you just love to do is sit people in the car and when they're not expecting it, just put it in the sport Smart. plus and just mode. Yeah, yeah. And then just jam your foot on the accelerator and watch the faces of your passengers. Yes. It's so fast. Yeah, electric cars are just so fast. And it's like, I mean, I keep going back to it, and I feel like I said at the beginning, I'll close with the way I, I'll close with the way I started. Like I feel like a broken record. Like stop talking about all the greenness of these because they're not green. They're freaking made out of metal. They've got incredible technology, and you know what? They're fast and they're fun. They're did you fun. do you ha you still have it, or did it go home already? It went home. Uh, it went home right now. I have a I have um, an Infinity QX60. Did you, my wife that's a great it. car, but did, did you did you wave to the Mercedes as it left? I would have. Um, we cried. Yeah. Uh, did you have it but while you... You know what? The Infiniti QX60, so my wife owned one, and to this date, it's still her favorite car. Really? She loves the QX60. Did you have the uh, EQS while your parents were at your house? I did not. They get, uh. to, they get the Infiniti. That's a shame because I would have loved to have seen your dad's face as you jammed the accelerator on and watched his yeah, cheeks pinned back been like, to his ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's nothing I like more than I've done that to my mom before. I have her sit in the passenger seat and jam my foot on the accelerator and watch her go. Nikki. You know, yeah. Are, Stop were, it. Stop were, it. Were our parents, were they old enough that they had to crank their cars? Not oh, mine. No. Maybe yours. Not mine. Maybe Nick. Is that how, like, have we made big strides since then? Was that a long time ago? <laughs> I feel what? like, you know, when you had to get out and twist it so it well, went. Yeah, crank it. I think everyone knows what they mean. My, my One of my teachers at school was so drunk coming home from the pub when you could do those sort of things. He lived in Wales. He cranked his car and broke both his wrists and still drove home. Well, because oh. you're driving on cobblestones. It's different. Yeah, cobblestones. So That's I it. just, exactly. I feel... I feel like, because what I mean by that is like having our parents hand crank a car into a car that, like the EQS, the the, the huge vast difference in that. Yeah, would I think be we get it, Andrew. And by the way, we're not that old. Well, we aren't. No, they're not that old, Andy. Come on. I don't. Maybe I don't know. The I just the the cranking part seemed like it. Do you remember living in caves with a big? Batten that used to okay. yeah, with but, a ham sandwich. Yeah, with a yeah. ham sandwich. Yeah, pre pre antibiotics. Do you remember ma inventing the wheel, Andy? Yeah, I was there. 
Mike Goodell lives in Nashville. He's the other half of Our Auto Expert. You can see his videos online at ourautoexpert.com. We will be back with surprises from Automatic Andy coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Actually, it's Automatic Andy instead of Nick Miles because I get to do this one today. And... With me is over 12,000 people who have downloaded our auto expert and many more stream us. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, the Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun awaits you. I am Nick Miles. Yeah, I'll be Nick Miles. And this is our auto expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our auto expert, Nick Miles, Mike Cottle, and me. Automatic Andy, and then air filter air filter Anthony, <laughs> and then there's there's a couple other guys on the team, a guy named Javier, and then a guy named a guy named uh, what's his name Tyler Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry we have on our show, um so today I have my top five it's it's about cars that I like I got to drive this week the 2022 Toyota Highlander the hybrid bronze edition. And I really like the car, although I'm really confused on its purpose in life. The trim package is available only on the XLE Hybrid and starts at $45,295. I will, however, take an attempt from Toyota to spruce up the Highlander brand and, and series. Um, it does include a fair number of tweaks inside and out that live up to the name at the very least. There's a whole lot of bronze stuff. So on the outside, when I first when I first got to the car and I looked at it, I said, oh, that's a Highlander. But instead of metal and gold, there's bronze. And I'm, I'm into it. There's not much different from the Highlander, but it does have available 20-inch bronze-colored alloy wheels, which I thought at first the car was just dirty. But no, that's a big bronze, big bronze shield like Captain America who was feeling a little extra. Um, the, the LED lights are very LED-y. They're very bright. And there's a hands-free power liftgate. And this was the first car that I was able to get it to work. Previously on our auto expert, I would always look like the weird kid in school that would just bring like 16 individual cheese slices and a Capri Sun to lunch. And I would also kick the air during recess. But now, now I have a purpose and I figured it out and I'm able to get the back gate open with just my foot. And then when I was able to open up the back with my foot, I said, well, what a good way to get inside. So I climbed on the inside and I noticed that I was sweaty because there was a lot of going on. And I noticed that there's a three zone climate control. And then the seats, I thought I was going to stick to them, you know, like when you're sweaty on leather, but not today because it was the Softex trimmed front and second row seats with fabric inserts and bronze colored stitching in case you forgot that you're in the bronze edition specifically. The driver's seat has a 10-way power-adjustable driver's seat, and the, the passenger gets eight, so you get gypped on two, but that's the luxury you get for not having to drive. There's a, there's a lot of bronze-colored stitching. They really went, they must have had a lot at Toyota because they were like, you know what, this doesn't have stitching normally, but let's put some bronze-colored stitching in it, and it looks good. The floor and cargo mats also have the bronze colored stitching because like I said, they put stitching everywhere to say, Hey, this is bronze. And then there's a power tilt and slide moonroof with sunshade. I don't get, 
the moonroof and sun words, but the the thing opens and it slides really easy. Oh, and when you get in, there's an illuminated front doors with a metal scuff plate because sometimes you have to get in the car angry and this will make it so it's not angry. And then it has a bronze finish because, again, we need everything in it to be bronze. The drive part of it was really fun, and I like the engine because even though it's not a sports car, it still gets to where you're getting really good. There's also multiple selectable driving modes, guys, that lets you choose how it performs. There's a normal, eco, sport, EV mode, and trail mode. And trail mode means you can just get it in the dirt easier. And then when you have more miles to drive, that means you're having more fun, whether you're in the city or the concrete jungle. The Bronze Highlander, since it's a hybrid, it gets a lot of gas mileage. There's 36 miles per gallon combined. And when I, when Nick and I were bebopping around town, we didn't even put gas in it once because the high the, it was so good. There's two power trains though. There's a front wheel drive, and then all wheel drive. The front wheel drive makes it the car smarter, and the all wheel drive makes it so you can you can traction better. Um, I know, but I really didn't see the gas gauge moved at all when we were going around town. There was a lot. I didn't even acknowledge a gas station except for snacks. So when I got when I was done rolling around in the car, I was taking notes. And when you're in front, it has not only does it have wireless charging, um, but it has a seven inch color LCD screen, guys. So you need you should have that when you buy the car. But I also I had another another incident happen in the car when I was charging it. It has a wireless charger, and I was again able to hustle the system, everyone. And I had my phone plugged into the USB port, but also into the wireless charger. I feel like Tesla was either giving me the thumbs up or the middle finger. I'm not sure which, but I was able to charge both ways. It has Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, and Amazon's Alexa on the Bronze Edition. Sounds like a, a good old Pacific Northwest Polytech relationship. I get it. I want <laughs> Apple CarPlay's apps, Android Auto's interface, and the personability of Alexa. I'm going to call this, uh, this amalgamation Susan. There's five total USB ports. I feel like there's more. One morning I was going out to scout an area for some drone footage. I needed to curl my hair, shave, have a concert, charge my wireless headphones, send an email, blend my protein shake, and have a port open for my traveling inside ambient LED lights. So maybe I just had a different version that had 14, but you get five. It felt like there's more. There's a smart key system for push button, push button starting so you don't have to get in and hit it. You can just start it as you run up to the car. And then you should feel very confident in this because there's, you have, uh, the bronze has the Toyota safety sense 2.5 plus, which, what does that mean? It means you get all sorts of 2.5 things and more. You get lane tracing assist, full speed range dynamic, radar cruise control, parking assist with automatic braking. And if all that stuff didn't make you want to get the car, there's a there's an extra no-cost maintenance plan and roadside assistance. Every new Toyota comes with Toyota Care. It's a maintenance plan that covers normal factory scheduled services for two years, and you get 24-hour roadside assistance for two years and unlimited mileage, which you have to pay a lot of money for AAA to get unlimited mileage, so good job, Toyota. So at the end of my review... Does this get the stamp of the R Auto Expert approval? Uh, yeah. I wouldn't dip the stamp too heavy in the ink, you know, because 
It's over $2,000 for the bronze package. And I'm still unsure, like, really what's going on in the bronze package. I mean, you get a lot. Oh, you know what, though? Because you, you guys remember those bronze bracelets that you get, like, for arthritis and you wear them around your, your wrist? I feel like this is this car will just help your hip joint pain when you're driving. So I'm going to give it the stamp, but not like a heavily, not a wax seal of approval, like the stamp. So this just, car has the gout? Is that what you're saying? This car has has is arthritis killer because if you wear these bronze, if you have the bronze car, your hip joint pain is alleviated. So I feel like they should go with that marketing angle. Because for $2,000 more than the standard Highlander, um, you should get arthritis relief. <laughs> Perhaps you do. I did. My yeah. hips felt great. All right. There you go. Arthritis relief. You got it. Will everyone else get it? Yeah. They That's should. the big question. Yeah. The Toyota Highlander Hybrid Bronze Arthritis Edition. You'll be back again to make us suffer another uh, uh, favorite five uh, reviews. Oh, yeah. One more. <laughs> CPR, please. <laughs> Our auto expert continues when we come back. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show, but as a throttle, we'll feature it on air online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Annie, Air Filter Anthony, and joining us in just a second, James Bell from Kia. I want to pick up something that we've been discussing the whole show here, and I feel a TV segment coming on. Uh, it is bizarre, stupid, idiotic, very strange car names. I need you guys just to hang on. You can pot James up, but James, I need you to hang on a second. I'm going to read through a list I've gathered of some of the silliest car names ever, but you guys need to control yourself and not interrupt me until I get to the end. Then allow hilarity to ensue. And these are real car names. I haven't made these up. And there are many different victims here, both on the receiving and the generating end. So here we go. And they're real. The Nissan Friend Me. The Mazda Bongo Friendy. The, the Dahatsu Naked. The Mitsubishi Charisma. The Hyundai Target. The Gaylord Gladiator. Oh, come on. The Dodge Dart Swinger. The Vauxhall Adam. The Studebaker Dictator. The AMC Kremlin. I think Andy got one of those. The Great Wall Wingler. The, I can't. The Mazda. I can't even get it, get it out. I can't even get it out. The, the, the Mazda Dump. <laughs> the Ford Probe. What? <laughs> the Mitsubishi Lettuce. All right, I'm going to stop now because they get even more bizarre. The Lettuce? James, I'm sure you've got a probably a list that's even sillier than that, don't you? Well, I, I was listening closely. I was glad you mentioned Nokia's in that list. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, there are so th there's things like the the honker, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Chevy Celeste. Uh, well, there's just such a 
crazy it, list. Well, it's a hard thing to do because names that resonate in, <clears throat> excuse me, certain markets just might have completely different connotations or go a different way. Like, I had never heard of Studebaker Dictator. Now, number one, that's just fun to say. My mouth <laughs> likes saying those two words yeah, side by side. But, but okay, so you think dictator, that sounds, you know, confident, strong, you know. No, it doesn't do that. <laughs> it goes a different place. Right. So, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, who would thought that the idea was great to call something a honker? Yeah, well, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence horn. on that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's equally it's for me. It's got a honking horn, Nick. Come on. Yeah. It's being very honest. Uh, <laughs> what are you driving, the 2022 honker? <laughs> There, I mean, there's some cars going back. I mean, even things like the Chevy, the Chevrolet Cel Celebrity. I mean, that's not that old. Um, no, it's like seventies. No, yeah, seventies, eighties. Yeah. So there yeah. are. I mean, yeah, there's some. I mean, there's also some things you can't say, like you know, Spanish. I mean, even I, I still remember the 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 uh, the Kia K9. It was a 900 over here, oh. right? But. Yeah, there's a there's a backstory on that. I probably shouldn't share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So how how does this happen? I mean, I know that you know things are, are not allowed to be called things in certain countries. I mean, who ever mm -hmm. thought that the Gaylord Gladiator was a good name? Yeah. How many people <laughs> said oh, this is a good idea? Like three or four, right? <laughs> well, let me let me share a little insight. Yeah, everybody, there's a element of uh, being inside a car company that where you realize quickly that if it wasn't for the humans, it'd probably work a lot better. <laughs> and, you know, somebody along the way said, you know, it's the, and I've heard this from lots of people who work in lots of different car companies. You get little moments of emperor has no clothes and somebody likes a name and nobody wants to tell that person that's not a good name and oh, yeah. it can carry on for a while. That's the good thing about the good and the bad of the amount of clinicking that is done in the car business. It can also sour or uh, kind of neutralize some really good ideas or, or good design or good elements, but it can also keep you from, from some trouble. So it, it's, it's tough. I mean, making a car is, you know, mechanically difficult and culturally difficult. And that's, that's why when something works, it, it feels good. The internet has probably helped a lot though, because now you can plug something yeah. into the internet and, and it should pop up pretty quickly if it's, uh, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, well, my exactly. understanding is once upon a time, there were whole agencies, especially in the Detroit area that were set up just to kind of be the pre-internet search engine and go, you know, and just do a uh, exhaustive uh, cultural study and naming and pronunciation and just go into all the elements when they were looking at a new name and, and trying to identify if there was something there. But yeah, I would think um, our friend Google does that pretty well now. Yeah, I think I heard once uh, that the Sorrento name was uh, sort of invented by an agency and they put a double R in there just in case anybody decided that, you know, uh, there was a mm. lot of things. Yeah, so I, I mean, you got me on that one. Yeah, and and we know VW invented. They used to name their vehicles after weather systems like the Golf and the uh, yeah. Passat and things like that. But then they went away from that and started naming them after small villages. And I think yep. fashionably, people sort of went to this nomenclature thing for a while. And uh, Lincoln did that for a while, and then that didn't. Sit, that sort of started to be silly. Yeah, and, you know, just to on the Kia side, you know, I'll say that the the Stinger 
was connected to a concept car that was shown probably 10 years ago, if not more, called the GT4 Stinger. And then when it was announced internally that we were going to name this new vehicle Stinger kind of as a homage to that, to, to that concept, even though the concept and the production car were not very similar, uh, there was some there was some hand wringing over that because they weren't weren't sure if that was going to be a cool name or not, and well, it, it worked just fine. So again, yeah. it's there's a there is a roll of the dice in this biz, and um, and sometimes you come up uh, snake eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and things change too. Cultures change, uh, fashions yeah. change, and uh, those sort of things change. Um, and it's interesting because we could jump right into you. You are a VW bus fan, and you, mm. you know, recently went with your VW bus on a uh, an excursion event in at Huntington Beach, and the, yeah. the new one is called the Buzz. But I'm wondering yeah. if that will be old soon. <laughs> uh, well, I will say this: that uh, I was disappointed to see that Volkswagen won't have that vehicle in the U.S. till 2024, because right. I have such a vision of having a red and white. Uh, 1966, right next to a 2023 ID Buzz, but eh, well, won't happen too soon. But yeah, I know that that's an interesting play on the thing. But you know what's kind of catches you about Volkswagen though is that a lot of the vehicles that they that we are excited about in the U.S. are not necessarily internationally very. Uh, they're not as excited. Right. Like the, you know the the story on the uh, return of the Beetle. They just did not understand that in Germany or around Europe because the old Beetle represented something very, very different. Right. And the bus is similar, kind of similar in that way. It's seen as more, you know, like we might look at a, a Chevy van. It's like, okay, fine. Right. Nothing exciting. But it captures such romance and excitement uh, and nostalgia in our in our culture. So it's it's always fun. It's, it was that's that why I love this business. freedom of California and the beach and escaping yeah. and anti-establishment and like uh, yep. running away and and like you know long hair and loose shirts and living off of the grid. That's was a whole cultural thing. Surfing and all those type yeah. of things. Um, all right, let's let's get to what we were really here to talk about, the new <laughs> Surrender, because we're going to vastly run out of time here. Um, are you, are not, uh, the, what am I talking about? Where we, You have a new vehicle that is amazing, yes. and uh, you, you have really hit it out of the park again, haven't you? It feels that way. The, yeah, the new Sportage, uh, we were happy to have you out at our uh, event down in Palm Springs a month or so ago and, and uh, get, get a little dirty with them. It was. It, it's you know you talk about names. The Sportage is the longest na running nameplate for Kia in the U.S. It was one of the first vehicles introduced uh, in 1994, I believe it was. The first sales happened 93 actually, um, and and so this is now the fifth generation of Sportage in the U.S. But it, it's really matured. It's become uh, more of a design. Uh, kind of spirit, uh, which is you know very uh, tightly aligns to a lot of things that Kia does now, and uh, but I think probably most importantly, and you would know this from driving, like, that fantastic N3 platform that we're able to use now on underneath many of our vehicles, the Sorento, the K5. Uh, this platform is just so solid and so um, so athletic. Not like sports car. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's you know driving a Porsche or something like that. But it just feels very um, athletically coordinated. It just does what you want it to do, and that really delivers a lot of um, 
uh, you know, kind of comfort for people. And now we've taken the Sportage and increased the size of it. Uh, you know, it's it, it's now on rides on a longer wheelbase, so it kind of stretches past that kind of tweener space where it used to fit into the into the uh, lineup of of crossovers across the country. And, uh, and and we've done a hybrid version, which is off to a screaming start. It's really, in many ways, the replacement of the old V6 version. That's the fun one. Yeah. Because it has that great electric torque and then gives, you know, high 30s in fuel efficiency. So uh, it really has evolved quite nicely from its humble beginnings to now what we see here in this fifth generation. I enjoyed this vehicle so much, I can't even tell you. And I think the most impressive thing, which gets lost up front about this, the first vehicle to do, to do both the Paris, Dakar, and... Uh, the uh, Baja 1000, which I think is probably yeah. one of the most impressive things. And we spent so much time gabbing up front. If you can hang on a second, James, we're going to take a sure. quick commercial break. And I want to talk more about this vehicle because it needs a whole segment to itself. So stand by. We're going to come back in just a moment. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Experts, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at ourautoexpert.com. All right, James Bell is on the phone. We're talking about the new Sportage coming in two flavors currently, and a third flavor on the way uh, this fall. The plug-in hybrid will be here, but right now, hybrid and gasoline versions. So these are very uh, different character vehicles. Uh, they handle very differently. Interestingly enough, the uh, the gas version in the X-Line is sort of a rough and tumble vehicle, but the hybrid one is sort of more performancey on road and a little more luxurious. And I was surprised that the hybrid is actually quite a speed demon. It is. I know it's funny when we were talking to the product planning guys, about this car, uh, I guess about a year ago or so, they all said the hybrid's going to be the one you're going to want as a company car. Right. And we all kind of, you know, giggled because most of us in the PR department are pretty, pretty strong petrol heads. And we said, well, you know, hybrids are fine. We understand what they're for, but really that's going to be the one. <laughs> and I can't help but now agree. It is the one. And, uh, you know, and there's two, there's two sides of it, I think, that make it so great. Number one is the power we talked about. It's got that instant electric torque. Uh, it is uh, got that great platform, so it's reasonably athletic for its type of vehicle. It, it really it does a nice job of being a crossover. But then on top of it be, being a hybrid, it's also going to be a very, you know, for lack of a better term, luxurious place because it's quieter. Uh, you know, put, just kind of uh, popping around town. It's going to be running on electric quite a bit. So I always like to remind people that the, the definition of automotive luxury is often silence and, and quietness and kind of comfort and, and uh, quiet refinement, uh, you know, kind of uh, personified by Rolls Royce of old. And, and that is something you get with a hybrid vehicle. So, you, you, again, you get the best of all worlds. You get this really interesting design. You get this fantastic platform that's athletic and very coordinated. And then you get this uh, great fuel efficiency and this quiet place to be. So it makes it a pretty compelling uh, proposition if you're looking at a, you know, a five, a, a, one of the larger five-passenger crossovers, which we know a lot of Americans are doing so these days. I think when you initially look at it on paper, 
the Sportage looks like another vehicle in the best-selling segment. It looks like, you know, a very crowded segment. But then when mm-hmm. you start to plow down, there's just a yeah. lot there that's a little bit more. And there's a little bit more. And there's and it starts to sort of push its way to the top. And then you start to say, well, the styling's a little bit more aggressive here. And there's, oh, there's a plug-in hybrid. And, oh, it has this. And, oh, it has that. And you sort of didn't go and say, all right, we've got to just muscle our way out and kick everybody else to the curb. You said, if we can just push our way above a little bit higher than everybody else, we can start to win. And I think that's what you did. You just sort of shaved a little bit off here and shaved a little bit off theirs where you could put yourself yeah. ahead of the competition. And that was a very clever strategy. Wow. Uh, Nick, I, you've got a guy who always has too much to say speechless. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And, and you made a quick reference to uh, the normally aspirated version, um, the, the more kind of rough and tumble off-road version. The, the Sportage is the place that we are also debuting a new line of, which will become future vehicles for us, which we call X Pro. Now you're riding on proper BF Goodrich uh, off-road tires, a slightly higher um, uh, ride height, uh, a little stiffer suspension. Uh, that that off-road look that a lot of people enjoy, but then back it up with the off-road chops too. Now don't get me wrong, you know this is no Ford Bronco or Jeep Wrangler ready to tackle Moab. It's not that level, but that's not what people look to this vehicle for either. They look to it for uh, having that spirit, that go-anywhere attitude, uh, and this will take you, as, as you know from our drive in Palm Springs, it'll do some pretty pretty heroic stuff, but it will uh, do so in a way that's, as you said, just a little a notch above everybody else, and, and so we're feeling pretty good about the new Sportage, and it's only been on sale, I think, uh, this month will be its second full month, and uh, already uh, tearing it up. So we're, we're feeling pretty good about it. And here's the thing about it, too. Like most Americans, when it comes to things like the Bronco, yeah. they, they may have 200000 on reservation. Most Americans don't have their Bronco yet. But right. they aren't going to do what we know Bronco can do. Most Americans buy a Wrangler. They don't do Lion's Back in Wrangler. Right. And they just want to know they can. But they don't do it. And everybody wants to know that their Kia can do what we did in the desert outside Palm Springs, but they honestly aren't going to do it. And when it snows two and a half feet outside their house, they probably aren't going to work. They're going to stay home. You're right. But they just want to know if mom calls and says, hey, dad's taking a fall in the shower. I need you over. They know they can leave the house if they have to. So exactly. it's that I can do it if I have to. And I know I can do it, but I, I won't do it unless I absolutely have to. And that's where our heads are. But the it's the same thing is, you know, if you have to mount a curb in the shopping center, you can do it, but you don't want to. And that's mm-hmm. that's where our heads are with these vehicles. And you just give us a little bit more. And I think that was very clever. And it, and it's just a little bit more styling and it's a little bit more fuel economy and a little bit more space and a little bit more luxury. And that was very clever. Now... I want that plug-in hybrid. When's that coming? Ah, me too. Uh, I believe start of sales on that is August, if memory serves. Yeah, so de- definitely before the fall and before winter. And yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the best of all worlds. And you know, we're seeing 
with the success of the EV6 and and of many new EVs coming in, you know, and and we celebrate if if EVs become popular amongst many brands, then then the the tide rises for all, and and it's time to get into that space. We're just fortunate at Kia that we have a fantastic EV going into this space where the, that market is growing. But what we're also seeing is that the idea of a plug-in hybrid, which you and I have been talking about for years now, yeah. this you know this kind of a bridge type product to potentially what could, what EVs could be is exactly it's hitting its mark now. Right. I think most people a couple of years ago said, okay, a plug-in hybrid, it gives me 30 plus miles of range electrically, and why bother? Well, I'll just right. get the hybrid or right. normal. Right, right. But now people are considering going full EV. Right. But maybe for some reason they're a little reticent. They're well, they're thinking that my next car and the plug-in hybrid fills that bill perfectly. And so we're really excited by the by the. Uh, plug-in hybrid of the Sportage. And the full electric is coming when? Uh, full electric of what? Of the uh, of the, of the Sportage. Oh, don't get me in trouble now. <laughs> Nearly. Oh, I was so close. I could, I could almost oh, smell were. it. I was, oh. could almost smell it. There was a pause right there, and I thought <laughs> for a second... I got you. James Bell. Hey, we're, we're such good friends. I thought you wouldn't play this game with me, but I love it. Thank yeah, you. I'm a journalist, dude. It's, I'm, always, yeah, right. I'm always there. James Bell, good friend. I'm still a journalist. Thank you, sir. Um, the Kia Sportage on sale now. We'll be back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our auto expert, our auto expert radio shows on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily, streaming right now live on Twitter and on the Facebooks and on LinkedIn. Um, you can see our ugly mugs there. What isn't ugly, what isn't ugly is the brand new Nissan Z. It's uh, it's very pretty, although some people argue that, but I, I would say it uh, does have the essence of the brand new Z, uh, of all the Zs from history, and I could walk you around and show you what comes from what Z, because I know, because I got edumacated when I went to drive the new Z uh, in the Nevada. Uh, Bill Miller is the senior product planner from Nissan North America. Uh, Bill, you ended up with uh, both the Nissan Z and the Versa. Couldn't be more of one scale to the other scale of the uh, product planning. Um, so I'm guessing that you're spending an awful lot of time talking about the Z lately. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're really excited uh, about this this new Z, and, and I've certainly been spending most of my time on that uh, lately, especially as we're getting ready for launch. So... I found it very interesting with the headlights of the new Z that there was quite a challenge to find um, some way to incorporate the sort of traditional round Z headlights. But, you know, it's hard to put round anything on a car because that's sort of going back. You design yourself into a corner. So they took the sort of housing of the uh, 240Z or the original, what we like to sort of call the original Z, and uh, they, they took the whole sort of almost eye optical shape of Z and then they gave it that, or Nissan designers gave it that sort of eye style shape. And when you look at the old 240 
and you see the modern, you can actually see the whole embedding there of where the round headlight sat. And that was quite clever. You have to see them side by side to sort of understand what I'm talking about. I'm a bad explainer, clearly. But it was a clever way of doing it. Yeah, you know, there was an incredible amount of inspiration um, from that original 240Z um, from, you know, first launched in 1969. And, and uh, that design element, along with several others on the vehicle, you know, kind of harken back and point back right to that heritage. And, and those headlights, the way it kind of, um, it, it kind of simulates that scooped out, you know, the scooped out round headlight, like you said, and it, it, it really was clever the way it came together. And, and I think, um, you know, as you said, it, it's more obvious when you're when you're right up on it. But I think uh, or when you have them side by side. But when if when you see one coming up, I, I think you'll get the exact same effect, you know, especially if you see one driving up behind you. What's your favorite part of the car? My favorite part actually is the the tail lamps. That, yeah, me that too. Go back to our 300ZX. Yeah, yeah, me, um, exactly. I would agree, you know, 100. percent So, so my uh, my father actually worked for the company for 39 years in, in manufacturing side, and and one day he brought home one of those uh, 300ZX. Uh, gosh, this must have been in the mid 90s, and and I was a, a much younger kid at the time, and and. You know, when when you're a little kid and your dad brings home a sports car, there's there's <laughs> there's nothing cooler. And and I'll never forget um, getting getting to ride around in that. And that's always kind of been my my favorite generation of Z. But you know, I, I I love them all. But that particular kind of design element, the LED tail lamps that are rectangular, um, call right back to those. Uh, 300ZX tail lamps. Yeah, I, I have to tell you that the second I saw the tail lamps, I was like, yeah, that's what I love. That's what I love most about it. I think also when I sit inside the driver's seat and without even putting the vehicle in motion, which is a whole different experience, when I sit inside there, I get the essence of the original Z, which was quite small sitting in the driver's uh, seat. But at the same time, you can you can feel it's a Z. You can feel all the elements of a Z. But at the same time, it's quite spatial in there. But it doesn't feel old. It feels very modern. And that's, I can't even put my finger on why. It's cleverly done to feel like a Z, but it doesn't feel like an old Z. And, and maybe I'm not explaining that properly. Well, no, I, I think we have a lot of, of modern touches but also a lot of the kind of, I think, analog things that you think of when you think of a, a, a classic sports car like, like the old 240Z. Um, you know, we, we have the new um, fully digital display, um, but we also have, you know, there's, there's a, a hand pull parking brake and some, some you know, physical knobs and, and, and other design elements on the inside, the three-bay clusters, you know, that, that kind of keep the heritage and, and keep that, um, I guess, Zenith, you know, moving forward while bringing it into, um, into this generation and, and feeling fresh and new and, and something that, that you, you'd be, you know, excited to get in, um, but also feel engaged with and, and feel like you're, you know, part of the driving experience. I think one of the things that surprised me the most is everyone's always going to be about the the manual, 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 manual. That's something that people who are enthusiasts 
are always going to want a manual in in anything because that's just pure meat of driving, especially canyon carving, being able to change. But the automatic is absolutely amazing. And it allows you, in a sense, to drive the car and almost zone out. And since since automatic transmissions have become so advanced in the last few years, I enjoyed the automatic even more um, than anything because it, it it's just so good. Um, it was just so pleasurable, and especially with paddle shifters, being able to change it so fast. And, you know, it's so easy to get over 130 miles an hour in that thing. It, it, it was just crazy, <laughs> crazy fun. It, it is. You know, I, I've spent a good amount of time in both the manual and the automatic. And, and you know, even when driving the automatic, I almost preferred not to use the paddle shifters. I felt like our new nine-speed automatic was choosing the right gear to be in, you know, even when kind of going through some, some aggressive curves. Um, and and uh, it, it was always kind of where it needed to be. And I didn't ever feel like I needed to help it along, you know, as, as I was driving it. Yeah, it's it seems to be almost that you don't have to think about it. Um, the vehicle does a lot of thinking for you. I mean, that's a, that's a modern car problem, right? Um, I, I almost feel like cars are so advanced nowadays that they make the younger generation horrible drivers because they don't have to think <laughs> about it. They really don't. I mean, I, I used to handle vehicles that high speeds that didn't have power steering and you make a mistake and you, you know, it's hard work to pull them out of a corner. But then modern cars, uh, are now pretty much do everything for you. Talk vectoring, all those type of things. It, everything's done for you when you uh when you do everything and this vehicle really does everything for you so you can really really enjoy the drive and and the vehicle does a lot of the work for you and high-end safety systems as well the colors were right too and there isn't that many colors to choose from but you seem to have got the colors right somebody worked very hard on getting the colors right yeah we we're going to have nine colors in in this model year uh for the exterior and and um, three different options on the uh, interior when you're getting the sport or performance model. And, and I, I think you're right. You know, we, we wanted to um, simplify but also offer, you know, so a, a broad range of colors. Um, you know, I, I love that the steering blue that we have, um, but also the, the red, I think, came out. The passion red came out spectacular. It hasn't always been my favorite color on past these the reds we've had I, this one was drop dead gorgeous the first time i saw it and i, I continued to, to really love it there was only two on my drive day and i can tell you i got one of them because it's definitely my favorite color all right so you knew that this was going to be at least one hard question today the hard question is um it's not been the easiest thing for nissan to get chips during the chip crisis how is chips going to fare with the new Z? Because I think demand is definitely going to outstrip um, supply. I, are we going to have enough chips for demand of this vehicle? You know, we're we're working through our challenges like like all of the other OEMs, and, and as you said, we've had just an unbelievable amount of of hand raisers and people asking for this vehicle. The excitement around it has has made it obvious um, that that we've got a winner and you know the 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 chip crisis is 
you know, has, has made us push back our, our launch a little bit, but we wanted to make sure that we had enough supply to get to our customers and, and really do a, a, a good um, uh, kind of widespread launch to make sure that we get a lot of these out on the road. Because I think once people start seeing them and, and once people start driving them especially, um, we're going to have even more demand yeah. than we have right now. But, yeah. you know, I think we're, we're working through it and, and um, making sure that um, we're, we're getting the, enough supply to, to meet that incredible demand. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there hoping that uh, the supply is there and that they will be arriving soon. We can look forward. When to the first ones being delivered? What, this summer, like I said, we're still kind of nailing down exactly when that is. Um, but the, the summertime is, is going to be when you'll see them on the road. So we'll, w- once we have kind of a more firm date on exactly when we're launching, we'll, we'll communicate that out to you and, and everyone else as well. All right. Well, Bill, hopefully at some point in the future you'll get to take a little bit of a break because it sounds like it's been go time for a couple of years at least for you, maybe longer than that if you count <laughs> if you count Versa in there. Bill Miller is a senior product planner for Nissan North America, and we have been talking about a vehicle many people have been waiting for for at least uh, four or five years, some longer, the new Nissan Z. It is imminent. It'll be hitting the road soon. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Check out our video of the Z online at ourautoexpert.com. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast. Many more have streamed us. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. All right, buddy. How are you? Nick, Nick, I'm an automotive expert. Are you? Yeah, because now I know exactly where the gas button is to make the flapper. The button? Yeah. To make the flapper? To make the flap flapper. Oh, the flap flapper. I like the flap flapper. But it's like 50-50. Some cars you don't have a flapper, or you have a flapper, you just don't need a button to do it. Okay. And the other 50, you got to hit the flapper. Yeah. How does anybody trust you? I don't know. It's either hit the button, or you got to put a, a cord in for Android audio. It's it's one of the two. <laughs> it's one of the two, always. Uh, now I'm confused. I wasn't confused when we started the segment. You know who doesn't have a flapper? No, who? The 2022 Honda Passport Trail Sport all-wheel drive. It has a button flapper. So oh. <clears throat> what uh, we're what we're doing today... Is driving it? Well, I, if you're okay with that. No, we're going to talk to Anton. Oh, no, I'd rather talk to Anton. I would, too. Yeah, he's got yeah. a lot more going on. He than has. Uh, Anton Woolman is an independent analyst and investor, and uh, you can read the majority of his stuff at the street and Seeking Alpha. So, Anton, um, Mr. Elon Musk can hardly keep it in his fingers. He has to tweet it out because he's twittering. Un- he can't reserve himself, can he? Can't control it. No, uh, Nick, uh, something is going on behind the scenes because if you've been following the commentary that he has posted several times a day on most days here for the last uh, week or two in particular. 
Uh, it is quite extraordinary. He is burning an enormous amount of bridges. He's lashing out in a variety of ways that are, uh, they, they, they are the function of something really bad happening behind the scenes. And if you look at what he's talking about litigation, what he's talking about attacking all sorts of people in Washington that used to be his closest friends, there, there, there appears to be, if you read into this, some regulatory action coming from either the Securities and Exchange Commission or from the Department of Justice uh, relating to some of the various things in which he has been involved, uh, potentially with respect to the lead-up to his bid to acquire Twitter that is uh, sort of kind of in limbo at the moment. But there, there have been plenty of issues in that process where the federal authorities on a variety of levels could be laying down a pretty uh, hard glove on him. And uh, you may ask, why now? Why not earlier? Why not for any of the other things that, that he has been involved with over the years? Well, when you start burning all of your bridges in Washington by uh, switching sides, calling people names, and really uh, going all out on something, you make a lot of enemies. So all of a sudden, Elon Musk has been in almost like a protected party in Washington, D.C., has made himself... Uh, an enormous amount of enemies. And if you make enemies with people who are running the Department of Justice through their friends, running the Securities and Exchange Commission, maybe, just maybe, they are going to take some action. And if they have told him behind the scenes that they are really uh, going after him in a few areas and are requesting documents on a number of fronts, maybe this is why he's lashing out. So I would not be surprised that if he does not back down, make amends, uh, stop trying to buy Twitter, whatever combination of things that he has to do, I would not be surprised if you end up seeing some action from uh, three-letter agencies in Washington, D.C., that will um, make life very difficult for him, perhaps. Yeah, some some of his texts are almost bridging on the maybe I'm you know going to get sanctioned for inappropriate language. Well, it's, it's far more serious than that. These are securities uh, issues with respect to how you do uh, disclose materials when you're trying to buy a company and so forth. Uh, you know, they may seem like technicalities to the layperson, but people go to jail in many cases for many, many years for violating these things. And the SEC has had a history of going after people for very, I mean, remember Martha Stewart? Yeah. I mean, she, she did not go away for even for insider trading. She went away for, I forget how long time she served, maybe it wasn't even a full year, but she went away from lying in an interview with the FBI right. about her contacts with one of the people who, in turn, had had some information to this effect. So it was she didn't even, you know, uh, go to jail for trading inappropriately. She went to jail for just lying about the precise circumstances. Very, if they want to put you away, they can put you away. They can, they can put you away for years for spitting on the sidewalk. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how hard they can be. So I suspect that there's something of this nature that's brewing in the background. And he is bracing for impact, basically. And he's hoping that uh, he's going to do a variety of things that is going to make this seem like a political persecution. He's saying, oh, my God, I just became a Republican and these people are going <laughs> after me and Hillary and the whole thing. I mean, for heaven's sake, I mean, he's really, really reaching out to try to make new friends in Washington that will all join him in a chorus if he should 
uh, get uh, uh, the heavy hand laid on his shoulder here and and say that, wow, he's being treated very unfairly and try to get support from wherever he can at this point. That's what it looks like to me. Obviously, I don't know what paperwork has been changing hands behind the scenes, but this is what it seems like to me. And I, I think that I suppose that some other people may be seeing something similar. Yeah, no, Martha got five months for uh, for her dishonesty with one answering one question. But it also, also seems like uh, Elon has escaped the hand of the three-letter agencies, as you like to uh, so nicely put it, uh, several times where I feel like he should have possibly got smacked a few times earlier. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only time that he, where he entered into a settlement was, of course, in September 2018, when uh, he had to settle for that fake buyout of $420 a share funding secured. And he can't deny in that uh, settlement that he committed securities fraud. And he had to, at that point, he agreed to have a qualified securities lawyer approve in advance of every single tweet that he does that has anything, any ability whatsoever to impact the market, okay? Which means, in his case, everything. If he says that he had ice cream for uh, dessert, that impacts the market. So for him, that means everything. And, yeah. uh, in the, and, and he subsequently admitted that he'd, he has no interest in making good on, on that agreement. He basically says he's, uh, he has nobody. He says that it limits his... Uh, freedom of speech who says well that's interesting but you know i'm sorry but you agreed in this settlement for good reason that you need somebody uh to to basically uh not get you and the entire securities market into trouble and he simply in plain sight admits to refusing to follow this and that is you know at some point the feds will, uh, are going to say this is uh, this is enough and uh, they need to find a reason to really lay down the law. And maybe, just maybe, right now, he went one or two steps too far, and they're working on something, and hence, he is lashing out. That's my theory. I could be wrong. All right. Well, what do you think the next step is in the, next, uh, in, in the last 30 seconds? What do you think is going to happen? Well, either he caves and says, I'm sorry, I will change my ways. I will perhaps not buy Twitter. I have said the bad things. I'm going to uh, agree to something uh, behind the scenes here that will placate you. Or if he doesn't do that, if they choose to, they will go after him. They could go after him. All right. Well, let's let's see what happens. We have a week to uh, see what happens. Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor. Uh, you're listening to Our Auto Expert. You can hear Anton. He's on every week. Uh, it's at Our Auto Expert, the podcast and our videos. We will see you next week, the same time, the same place. There are plenty of videos, plenty of articles and a whole show to listen to. That's right. Two hours. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.